Hello and welcome back to Marketing Tip Tea Time at 222. And for Music March, once again, we have our musical guest today, Antone Real. Hope you enjoy. So you, you know, we're gonna introduce you in a second, Antone. All of those chords. Uh, can you explain a little bit about, you know, what is going on with that for anybody who doesn't? Um, sure. So what I have here is uh, two semi-modular synthesizers: a Moog Grandmother and a Buchla Music Easel Command, and um, basically semi-modular. Uh, synthesizers just means that you can, even though they have a default sound, you can rewire everything um, to sort of be the configuration that you want. So, um, you know, what I'm actually doing right now is I'm running the audio out over here of the um, Moog. It's running out into a filter on the Buchla, which is then running out into the rest of the um, Bukla, and then they're triggering each other back and forth. So I have this uh, format jungler, which lets me convert between the different formats. And yeah, it's um, oh, that's it's just your own way to reroute uh, to sort of take any synthesizer you want and and re turn it into anything new that you want it to be. Wow. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, now, now for your intro, Anton. That I know. That was 
Anton Real, everybody. He is our guest today. Not only our musical guest, but also the person we are interviewing. Anton is a classically trained compos composer specializing in music for film, television, and interactive media. He holds a degree in composition from the University of Northern Colorado, right here in Greeley, where we are. He's in L.A. now, but we're in Greeley. And he has been working professionally in Los Angeles for nearly 10 years. He's been featured in performer in films and on records... <laughs> <laughs> on a variety of instruments, including tuba, guitar, percussion, and ethnic flutes. His work has appeared on albums by Gnarls Barkley, Broken Bells, and Mike Patton. And he's also been in a lot of movies, including Crank 2, High Voltage, and Assassination of a High School President, video games including Star Wars, The Old Republic, and Overgrowth, and television shows including Without a Trace and Scream Queens. And that is an outdated version of his resume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. He has a yeah. Lot more, uh, uh, that's okay. You've got a lot more stuff going on, I hear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's that's about ten years old. So um, pretty wow. much you can double everything uh, of credits. Um, yeah. And I'm currently working on a TV show on CBS uh, called Blood and Treasure, which is kind of exciting. And I just finished a video game called Receiver Two that came out last week so, or when and a big update came out last week so okay um yeah so i've been that's awesome you know that's fantastic <laughs> keep him busy huh? oh my gosh yeah and before we dive exactly. into your questions we're actually gonna try our tea everyone yes um, so <laughs> anton actually suggested this as our tea for today it's called thai tea it's we very, got ours from taiwan and greeley it's very orange type of boba tea <laughs> yeah it's and Let's uh, give, it a, give it a try. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm getting, I'm getting um, milky grass tones again, but sweeter. Mm. <laughs> sweeter. It's just it's, the right amount of sweet. No, it's really good. It's like coconut and some sort of herbal tea that's pretty, at least ours is pretty... Um, Planty, and then some sweetness. It just looked too complicated for us to make on camera, so we decided to go buy it from hmm. a place. Thank you for that suggestion, Anton. This is <laughs> really good. My pleasure. Yeah, we looked up the recipe for it. We saw, what, like 10 different ingredients? Yeah, and, uh, like, you know, a long, go, long time of making it. Let's go grab one. Yeah. Exactly. Quite exactly. a bit of ingredients. Yeah. So. All right, really so we're going to dive in with these questions for you, and I think Josh is uh, yes. going to kick us so off. Let's, let's kick it off. So um, your educational background, uh, Aaron and I both went to UNC, actually, so go Bears. Mm -hmm. Go Bears. Uh, had a great time there. <laughs> so yeah, go Bears. Uh, so you graduated with a degree in composition from... UNC. So, how was your experience there, and how did that help uh, help you with your progression into your career? How did that? Yeah. That? So, um, I loved going to UNC. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, I would say the majority of my life was spent in the music technology wing of the music building. Um, and so I actually had really three really good um, 
mentors there, one for composition, uh, one in the recording studio. Uh, I know that you guys have met Greg Heimbecker at least once or twice. Oh, Greg. And then, and then, another guy joseph and he he really kind of showed me technical aspects of things soldering and um computer maintenance and things like that so um okay. i would say that the biggest things that i learned in school were the things that i sort of learned practically by doing music technology and you know it really led me to understand what's going on with like the synthesizers and uh things like that so some yeah. recording studio work and technical work basically so wow that's that's fantastic that your education really led kind of straight into what you're doing and again anybody out there if you have questions drop them in the comments and we'll try and get to them if time permits uh, <laughs> yes and so you know you had this great education at UNC that really taught you all of these technical skills how did how did that translate to Hollywood and then how how did you even kind of like break into the LA kind of scene from Greeley to LA. Yeah, so for me, I actually, because I had all these technical, I knew I had a lot of technical skills, so to speak. So when I moved to LA, that was my intention. Uh, so I started meeting a lot of people, which is networking is the key to uh, working in Los Angeles. Um, so it's who you know. Uh, how you get to know them. And then I was like, what can I offer? And I was like, well, I have all this experience with technology. So I started off by basically helping people in their studios, um, by fixing their gear, uh, rewiring studios, things like that. Um, and, and then at the same time doing other sort of like uh, programming MIDI, things like that. So, um, wow. Yeah, and then using that to meet people, but also what's really useful for that is um, the assistant job, which is kind of what that is, is a great way to learn the industry by watching someone else interacting. Um, because as much as I thought I knew about recording sessions, having worked in a you know recording studio for four years and all these other things, Coming to LA, it's a, a very high pressure, high, you know, monetary risk <laughs> that you're, <laughs> right. you know, when you're, when you're recording even a small string section, you're talking $10,000 an hour, you have to make that every hour count, you know, and yeah. learning how to do that um, is hard without seeing someone do it, so. And, and you, did you just say $10,000 an hour? Was that the number I heard you... About, yeah, for, for that probably <laughs> oh, wow. like, yeah, well, if you figure, if you figure that, that everyone is, you know, depending on how many people you have, maybe you can get away with $5,000, but, you know, if you're paying 20 to 30 people, um, hundred bucks an hour, uh, that adds up really fast, you know? And yeah, then we have to record, right. rent the studio, and the engineers, and everything that kind of goes along with. Yeah, I think it's Holy a fairly cow. safe and I, estimate. Wow, and and I heard you, I heard you mention MIDI, some MIDI stuff that you were doing. Um, rumblings yeah. on the street are that there's a new MIDI that's been developed coming out. Um, do you have? Do you know? Do you know about that? Do you have any? 
You mean yeah, the, the opinions MPE? on it? MPE yeah. or, or MIDI, MIDI Standard 2? Um, I think it, actually it's the MIDI Standard 2 that's yeah. like something. It's, it's, been, it's been a long time coming. I, I mean, MIDI is this um, standard for musical instruments that gets used right. for a lot of things that was developed in the early 1980s, and they built it around hexadecimal code, which gives you a resolution of about 255 steps, which for an amazingly large number of things has really been, um, I, it's amazing how much you can get out of MIDI with, um, with that resolution. I think MIDI 2.0 doubles it, something like that. Uh, wow. And, and then, and then just adds a lot of standards um, for modern, uh, you know, modern, sort of with MIDI, the one thing that's been good is that all the competitors kind of get together and make MIDI work. So they're looking at how okay. is technology going to work in the future. So, um, you know, we're always changing what cables we connect with, right? Um, so MIDI over USB kind of was introduced later, but it has become much more of a standard. So you, you can't always see the future. So MIDI as a standard is always working to be ahead of the technology um, and sort of technology independent in that sense. So. Wow. I like okay, it. cool. I just I like it. I was just, yeah, I was just wondering. I had, I was on a, some forum somewhere and people were buzzing about it and I was like, oh, what, what is this? So I just thought I'd throw that question out there. Yeah, yeah it seems like a big job. There's, there's, yeah. a, lot, there's wow. a lot of new software like um, Ableton Live's latest version has introduced MPE support, um, which is a multi-polyphonic like um, standard. And a lot of people were really excited because it adds a lot of expressive capabilities. Mm, um, okay. So... Uh, especially if you're using like a non-standard controller, um, like this one that I have here is based off of the Buchla Thunder. Um, it has multiple touch points that you could be playing, so you can be you can be like touching That's cool. a chord, and then you can slide up and down and, and do things. But then there's also pressure up and down, and each note could be independent and things like that. Or there's like the continuum, and it goes on and on and on. There's a lot of technology you know so. oh that's so cool why you can do it that huh? oh my god and speaking of all the technology there's also lots of jobs <laughs> yes um and before i move on to that question just wanted yes. to highlight real quick you mentioned how important networking was oh yeah when yeah. you first moved out to la um aaron and i have found that fostering deep meaningful relationships that most importantly have uh, a high level of trust both ways. That that's what's helped us the most in business. Yeah, is just forming a good network and and yeah, just building good relationships with people. Mm -hmm. That's really gone a long way. So am I slurping that's... a lot into the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm just just get a get a good slurp going. But right, um, that's really helped us out. So that that really stood out to me when you you mentioned that and how much it's it. It helped you when you first moved out there and, and got your career going. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just thought that was, that I was really cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yep. So, yeah, so moving on, um, different kinds of, kinds of jobs. Um, so 
What are some of the, the different jobs involved in film scoring and video game scoring? Um, also, really cool that, that your work was in a Star Wars game. I grew up playing <laughs> Battlefront, Battlefront 2, you know, a lot of the Star Wars games. So <laughs> it's really cool to see that. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, we did uh, uh, the Old Republic was the MMO was the one that, that my stuff is in. Um, so uh, there's there's a lot of there's a, a lot of jobs um, around around what needs to happen. Um, so if you're going to think about the writing process, um, there's typically an actual you know a composer, and then they will typically have assistants that will do things like tech work um they will you know get food whatever they need to do to make things work um but people that assist them then you'll need arrangers and or orchestrators you'll need um part copying uh for live performance performances obviously there's actual players that may need to be uh, hired recording mixing um recording editing mixing mastering all of that is sort of the music production side. Um, and then on film and TV, you may have a, a music editor, which is a job I'm doing right now on a TV show, which is basically, this music has already been written and maybe they go and they change the edit of the, of the movie or TV show. You have to take the music that you have and without re-recording it, you have to edit it to fit the new lengths of of material so um that's sort of music editor um jobs and then in video games there's you know there's the coding and but there is music coding there's there's a lot of plug-in types of things where you can dynamically create and adjust and mix music in real time in a video game so learning how to uh write code can be uh really important um for implementing things and sound design kind of falls in that same category too learning how to record and create sounds that are sound effects and how do you place them against the movie or the video game it kind of all overlaps a little bit <laughs> so wow. lots of that... lots of detail oriented jobs yeah sorry go right ahead. right yeah exactly okay. uh it I believe you know Connor Shaw because he says that you are the best and that you taught him how to use analog synths. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I met I met Connor briefly, and he came over and we played around with the the Bukla, um, and he seemed pretty excited about that. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The big difference between the analog synths versus MIDI, as we were talking about, is how you control um the sounds so with midi it's digital signals it's numbers that then get translated with analog gear it's literally a voltage that you can turn up and down so if i turn up a knob i'm sending a signal like a voltage that will adjust things and it's a continuous analog signal um, and each one sort of has a different range so this one goes from like zero to uh, 15 volts. I have the Euro rack in the back and that goes from uh, 0 to 10 volts um, and then that translates to everything we talked about before. So, electricity. 
So, so if there's, you know, if there's maybe something for us to know, it's that this kind of a job is highly technical. <laughs> Very highly technical. Certainly, currently, it's. If you want to do everything yourself, then yes. Um, there are musicians wow. who come in and they they are, you know, I'm a musician and I do the music. But if you're going to come in without those technical skills, you're going to have to hire the people to do the technical side along. Right, with right. My gosh. And, and speaking of that, you know, I, I see all of the tools that you have. It's kind of laid out in front of you. Um, but are there any soft pieces of software or hardware that you have to have? And then also, how easy is it to do this job remotely? Okay. So, so video games remotely are super easy um, <laughs> most of the time. And everything is easy until it, remote work is always easy until it's not. So it is nice right. to get together with um, a director and talk in person. It's nice to, um, you have to get together with musicians if you're going to record them, especially the, like an orchestra. You need to be somewhere where you can get to that. Uh, most of my work is done alone by myself, and then I kind of get together with people for demonstrations and things right. like that. So, um, yeah. So, yes. And there, there was sorry. There was another part to this. Yeah, it was that. software and hardware that somebody wanting to go into like your line of work has has to have. So, so the stand the industry standard for software is going to be for 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 film and tv is you're going to have to deliver in pro tools um which is by avid okay. so that's still like what you're going to find in the recording studios that's what you're going to find on the the dub stage which is the sort of final step in a film or tv um so that's that's that last stage but um i personally like to have a lot of different applications available to me so um any yeah. daw will work uh okay ableton live or cubase or bitwig or um, i use digital performer a lot still and just on and on um if you're going to be doing notation for players it's really good to have some kind of um uh, you know, notation software, so Sibelius or Finale or kind of the two dying uh, notation software and uh, Dorico is the, Dorico. the one that you should get it <laughs> if you don't know it already. I've, I've, been, um, I've been looking at it. Dorico has been kind of luring me. So I've, I've been uh, watching Peter in the office use it. Yeah. Once you, once you switch over to Dorico, there's... It's really hard to go back. I, I pulled in a, I pulled up a finale file two years ago, and I had such a hard time doing anything. I haven't opened it in two years. So, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, no. like it's it's almost it's almost just as fast for me to recreate a new score in Dorico from scratch than it would be to try and like pull something over from finale. <laughs> so right. Um, wow. And then there are tons and tons of um, virtual instruments that are great to learn. Um, you know, the analog synths that I have are kind of a, a plus. You know, it's something fun, but not something that's really mandatory. Um, so there are virtual versions of almost everything that I have here. Um, if 
modular synthesis is something that interests you, there's an amazing free program called VCV Rack, um, and it's uh, it's really great. It's it's an actual modular synthesizer on your computer um, with Ooh. thousands of modules. So um, that's yeah, that sounds cool. fun. Yeah, that that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Aaron's definitely more uh, more savvy. We need to... <laughs> with this than I, am. A lot of that I know I could run away on this tech stuff for a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Aaron's got yeah. Uh, much more of a music background oh. than I do. Um, sure. So, uh, question on our final question. Uh, it's on project management. So, uh, for the projects we manage, they can be somewhat complex, but sometimes. Uh, maybe pr pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. um, we use Asana for our project management. That's really kind of the backbone of how we project manage. How do you project mm -hmm. manage your projects? Uh, so for film and TV, um, for a long time, people were just using spreadsheets and uh, it never really worked. Um, but Ticketing software like uh, Asana doesn't necessarily work very well for film and TV either. So uh, I've been making my team switch over to this tool called QDB or QDatabase, QDB.com. Mm. And what it does is it gives you a spreadsheet style feeling for every piece of music that you need to write for any given film or television and then similarly like basically each one of you could you could think of each one of those as a as a ticket and then you have status updates and note taking and versioning on each one of those cues which yeah ticketing could work but most ticketing software kind of doesn't fit the needs so yeah qdb right. is really the only project management tool right now that's sort of online and collaborative and uh helps with remote work and things like that so um wow that's yeah that's pretty cool and it's um, free I didn't... Uh, it's free to get started oh. what's that yeah i didn't know that existed you're yeah you're you're telling us a lot of things I didn't know about. So usually I have some sort of like, oh, I've heard of that, but, <laughs> but I, my face is like, what? All the time. Um, you're you're doing. We call it spilling the secret sauce here on Zova, and that's what you're doing. You just take in all your secret sauce, and and uh, Connor is telling Josh to to don't be so humble, Josh, about your musical skills. Um, <laughs> I'm going to actually ask one last quick question. I'm going to throw it in there because I think we have just a bit of time. And that is, is your job as glamorous as everybody imagines? It is a full-time job. It is. <laughs> there, there is no glamour involved. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a job. <laughs> I mean, it's a job I enjoy. Uh, and right. there are obviously moments that are more exciting. But... You know, uh, I I watch the rover land on the moon, and I'm like, man, that must be, you know, a glamorous job to to be yeah. a programmer at NASA. You know, uh, I, you know, you see a successful ad campaign. Oh, it must be great to be on that campaign. You know, but those people, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. A lot of work. You know what I mean? So. Um, yep. Yep. I'm not sure. Yeah, glamour is a glam. I, I think 
glamorous jobs are a fabrication of uh, romanticizing aesthetics. Right. Happens. I think. <laughs> I mean, I think so too. Re recently, just quick about Zova, we um, we got into some larger entertainment companies in LA that we're working with with some um, some talent. Some some are on in Marvel movies, things like that. And um, it's work to be an actor. I didn't realize until we were working with their production schedules and their set schedules. I mean, they're on set sometimes 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. in a single day with five minute breaks. So, Long days. and everybody thinks maybe that's the most glamorous job. Right. It turns out maybe yeah. not. <laughs> well, and, and, and the time exactly. that they're not filming, they are spending full time going to auditions and to casting calls and working on their yep. craft. Uh, you know, how, how do you learn a million different dialects? How do you, you know, there's so right. much backstory you know, um, exactly. and also, and also, you know, the, the actors, the, t the, the time that most people see the actors is when a movie comes out, right? That's, mm -hmm. they go and they do the sort of interview circuit, so to speak, and the advertising, right. that's work for them. They have to get out and do it. And they're like, I filmed this movie a year ago, and now I have to... <laughs> Answer right. questions as if it happened yesterday, like I'm seeing this movie for the first time, you know, so, yeah, there's, right. yep. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> well, sorry if I, I ruined yep. it for you. <laughs> no, no, I, I figured as much. <laughs> well, that is actually all of our questions for today and all the time we have. Thank you everyone who has joined us today and who will be watching this later. A lot of people are at work and watch it later for a marketing tip tea time at 2.22 with Antone Real. Thank you, Antone, for being our musical guest and our interviewee today and for having this Thanks, awesome tea. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. And until next time. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Thank Nastravi. Cheers. <laughs>